0: Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Nick Golner, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim, the luxury brand, car. That's right, man. That's right. And Jason, the brand collector, Zenger. I don't know what I think about now, that. What does that mean now, Nick? Well you've that's got Slack, you've got oh, you've got singers, yeah, you go. <laughs> you've got <laughs> VIP chips. supply, you've got making chips. Yeah,
1: that's true. Good one. I get it. I get it now. Thank you. How you doing, Nick?
0: I'm doing good, man.
1: Good. You recited that intro in a less questioning manner, so I appreciate that. I'm Ron Burgundy.
0: <laughs> I just read what's on the teleprompter.
1: Well, as a marketing guy, we need to communicate our brands effectively. That's so. right. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, guys, welcome to the wonderful Rockford, Illinois.
1: Thanks. I mean, I think it's great to be
2: here. I always enjoy, you know, it's not too bad of a ride for me to get out here from, from where my office is and, or, or even my home. And it's always a little relaxing when I get here because I, I don't have that hyperkinetic things going on at Car Machine and Tool and people aren't asking a million questions.
0: And you're playing and Lionel I- Richie? And I play in Lionel <laughs> Richie. I'm and, listening to podcasts. Yeah. and Trying uh, to learn something.
2: So, no, it feels good to be here, and the place is beautiful, and
1: I'm, I'm excited I'm ha- about our future. It's nice to be in this new studio. We just need to, like, kind of dress it up a little bit. Sure. Make yeah. it a little bit nicer. We need to prepare for Chiptoberfest, Ooh. and we'll talk about that at the end of
0: the episode. We will. Yeah, well, well, maybe when we talk about the Boring Bar. Yeah. So, here's a fun fact about Rockford. We have more machinists per capita than any other city in the U.S. I think I knew that. I think I, I knew that. I say it, Yeah, it. yeah. T- and explain we still G- don't have enough.
1: Explain to Jim what per capita means.
0: More of the people are machinists. There you go. More of the population set.
1: No,
2: there's more people. If the population is 100,000, there's more people that are machinists in that percentage, yeah, just that ratio. The same thing. Yeah, the 100,000 yeah. I'm trying to break it down. Yeah. So there's more machinists in the Rockford area than any other city in the country. When was the last time you double-checked I'm, that, though?
0: I'm ninety. 90- 8%. Yeah. Sure I, that's I true. know years ago that that was. I, I was like looking on the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Yeah. And, and the thing is, we still don't have enough good machinists, as I'm sure many of our listeners are aware. There's never enough good machinists.
1: And another fun fact Rockford is the home of the world's best marketing company for manufacturers <laughs> it is, making is, chips.
0: And I'm 99% sure that's true as well. I am too. So let's face it. Many manufacturers don't really think about their brand or their marketing. But it's
1: all about quality parts delivered on time.
0: Well, here's the thing. All three of us really care about our brands, and that's something that I, that I love about us. So, Jason, we always kick off our shows with some good news. What is some positive news about one of your 12 brands? Well, one, one of the
1: positive things is that and I talked about this a lot on Making Chips previously, but we're, we upgraded our ERP system oh, about a year or so ago. And the reason that we we moved to NetSuite, it's a cloud-based ERP system, is because we had tried and failed so many times to integrate our server-based ERP system with a website. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we were going to convert to NetSuite so that our website would just be cohesive with our ERP system, mm-hmm. you know, basically the databases would be the same. Mm-hmm. Whatever system my customer service team was logging into to enter orders, and we were doing our financials, would be the same system. My my
0: customer. So if would I was on your website into. and it said you had a certain amount of stock for this item, that's also what your ERP is going to say. E- exactly. Okay. Not right now, but so what happened was this
1: whole COVID thing happened, and I was ready to go live with the new website. Mm-hmm. I think in. March or April, and this whole COVID thing started, my priorities started changing, and I I missed the goal live. But one of the guys on my team has expressed interest in Steering that and taking that responsibility back away from me, which is good because I've got enough things going on. So I'm really excited about that. And he's starting to take control of the data side, which is probably the most important side of, of getting our person. website up and, these, up and going. These are,
0: these are serious projects. I just went yes. through an ERP transition myself. So ambitious. What are you using? We're using uh, ERP called Global Shop. And so far especially on the operational side it's it's pretty good so
1: Yeah so that's my good news is that I I'm I'm putting somebody in place in order to get our our new website up and going and awesome. fully functional e-commerce site.
0: I'm sure that marketing agency you talked about will have something to do with that website.
1: Oh, absolutely. And when it comes to the other things that go around the e-commerce, like the content production and graphic design and stuff like that, definitely Making Chips is going to help me with that.
0: So, should we get into some manufacturing news before we introduce our guest? I think we
2: should, Nick. let's, Let's do it, man.
0: All right. So, I chose this article. It's very similar to the last article I chose because everyone needs some good news after a long... Period of decline in our industry. The article is from Modern Machine Shop. Oh, really? Modern Machine Shop. Okay, cool. Our friends at Modern Machine Shop. Oh, yeah, great people there. Yeah. The title is All Metalworking Metrics Continue Trend of Slowing Decline. So a couple slowing things. decline. So that means that the decline is getting less. Yes, it's we're going down the hill. So we're doing a double not negative. quite as fast. Right. Yeah, exactly. Slowing decline. So I'll get into a little bit of the details here. So metalworking moved higher in June to 42.9 on the Gardner Business Index. So that's their own. Oh, that's so this their is own. A dip, this is not, a not the ISM. It's, yeah. Not. Yeah, it's not okay. the ISM. It's their own
2: thing. Okay, interesting.
0: And it's the second month of improved readings, adding further encouragement to the June reading was that all components of the index reported improving numbers? Is
1: that because you think automotive is coming back?
0: I don't know why. No, yeah, who said automotive? Was coming no, it is.
1: Automotive is coming back. Well, it, it came back online, and so that definitely is a big component of U.S. manufacturing.
2: Yeah, is Tesla part of the ma- automotive industry? I would assume they they're cars. doing kill. They're killing it. Did you hear about oh, their yeah. stock the other day? Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I,
0: both of my brothers have Teslas.
1: Oh my god!
2: And I, I have a Tesla. They, he, they must and have been smiling. Jason has a Tesla, yeah. but
0: no Tesla stock. No Tesla stock. Well, Uh, maybe
1: in my 401k, I'm sure I do.
0: There you go. Okay, so the article continues to go on and say, in particular, forward-looking index components such as new orders and exports had more survey respondents indicating flat or increasing activity in June compared to May. You know, you've been through some tough times when like flat is a good thing. Oh,
1: yeah. It's like when you're on a skateboard and you're going downhill and then you're able to flatten out before you skid across the concrete. (laughs) There you go. And that literally happened to one of my kids just the other weekend. Cause I got her a skateboard for her birthday.
0: I can't even stand up on a skateboard. I do. I'm like conventional sports. Those are natural. I tried to, it, and they, they don't they don't call them skateboards. She called it a penny board. A I don't, penny board.
1: I don't I've never heard that of, that means, of that before. But anyway, you know these kids; they have new terms kids for everything. These days. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> to <Can't laughs> sound understand. like Jim.
0: Can't understand them. So the article concludes to say that as metalworking shops continue to regain their footing and reestablish their supply chains, business owners have also regained much of the business outlook confidence they reported before. The coronavirus. Oh, so they're saying
2: that the confidence level that we had prior to COVID is starting to come back.
0: It's starting to come back. Okay,
2: good. Basically. And I believe that. I think that most of us are optimistic. Yeah. And we want our industry to do well. I've been saying this now for weeks on the show and in my L10 meetings with my with my team. I don't think this is really a manufacturing. Recession.
1: Well, it's not hitting manufacturing like it's hitting other industries. Oh, retail and hospitality Mm -hmm. and
2: oh,
0: it's just awful.
1: It's
2: restaurants,
0: right? Well, that's hospitality. Oh, it is. Yeah, Yeah. So it's, it's good Jason to hear. thought hospitality was hospitals. <laughs> I, oh, <yeah. laughs> I actually thought it was just hotels, but yeah. No, I, guess I I, the, I hate didn't to know. say it, but yeah.
2: the hospitals are probably doing pretty good. Yeah, no, they you know? are. Well, I did find it
1: encouraging. So, Jim, you know, I checked us into our hotel. And we oh, got, for the night? Yeah, so we got, here we, in Rockford? we have a nice in Rockford. I found yeah. a hotel with a two-bedroom, which is nice. Yes, um, it so is. So to hear you snoring. But I asked them when the last time somebody stayed in our room was, and, and she said two days ago. And I was like, is there one that maybe somebody hasn't stayed in two weeks? Oh, so I'm thinking, like, nobody's staying there. She's like, no, that's won't really That's good. So that's encouraging that there's actually people staying in hotels more often. Oh, yeah, right. It, yes.
0: So I mean, basically the point of the article is that this is hopefully the bottom of the downward trend and things should be on their way back. Good. Great. let's hope, Ryan. So I'll just go ahead and introduce our guest, one of one of my good friends. She is a creative and technical digital Swiss Army knife, a Rockford native with a passion for aligning and directing creative teams toward the results and outcomes of our agency clients. She's behind the scenes pulling the strings that make the Making Chips brand what we've grown to be. You can find her bouncing from project to project and brand to brand, setting a high standard for marketing in the manufacturing industry with every step. She's the director of our agency and a genuinely radiant
2: Human being. Wow, that, that was really oh, fantastic! Intro. I know I got oh, kind of goosebumps geez. a little bit there, I know. but I you know it. what? I love
3: you guys gushing over me. Here's here's
2: <laughs> the best. It's the truth, Jess. Oh, it really is. So I so genuinely, You do I a great job of yeah, I,
1: running the agency and taking care of us.
3: Oh, you're so sweet. Well, now that my face is all red, uh-huh. hi, making chips. Hi, and Jess. And for, <laughs> for those of you that
1: don't know, she, her hair is red, too. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, so
3: it, yeah. it just so matches It's all just clean. blending
1: into this blur.
3: So yeah. is the sunburn at this point. So red, <laughs> is red is my color. I'll embrace it any day.
1: Yeah.
2: So it, it is great to have you finally on the show. I know we've been talking about this for quite some time. And I think now is the time to kind of – introduce you because you're really into this company now. You've been, you've been running the business for quite a few months now. You're familiar with everybody. You understand manufacturing probably a lot more now than you ever have.
3: Absolutely. And,
2: and that's what we do. We market for
0: manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, is what we're going to talk a little bit about today, huh, Nick? Absolutely. So Jason and I were just talking about our job is to draw parallels between marketing and manufacturing such that marketers understand manufacturing better than they did and manufacturers understand marketing better than they once did. So Jess is going to share the marketing point of view and me and Jason and you, Jim, are going to kind of draw parallels to help our peers in the manufacturing industry understand, okay, why this matters. And
1: we're essentially starting from like 101, what you should be doing.
0: Right. Right. Not like the PhD level classes that. Well, Jason's no, we don't want to get we attending. don't want to go
1: over anybody's
2: heads, but I, I'm sure that the topic of conversation is going to be pretty rudimentary and and starting at the 101 level, right?
3: And yeah, we're jumping in with brand standards. I don't think there's anything more simple than that when you're talking about your own marketing, because if there's anyone who should that should know who you are, it's you.
0: <laughs> right, right, and the weird thing is that most manufacturers don't. Like brand standards. I mean, I've got the logo that my dad made or that my grandfather had somebody make, and that's just kind of what I've got for a brand. They don't really think about brand standards or why it's important to set standards. Do you know how common that
2: is in manufacturing where their Aunt Susie took a class in college on in graphic
1: arts and she's made the logo? Yeah, she made the P, uh, you know, a micrometer, and away we
0: go. <laughs> That's, Listen, that I'd is love Jim's to, pet peeve.
3: I would love to say that is just manufacturing, but that is every industry you go to. Is through. that right? Seriously? Every industry I've touched has had a mom-and-pop logo at one point, and these are these logos that are so near and dear to the heart, and they're just not quite sure where they go from there. And I think they think that, like... Well, that's it. That's the end. I have my colors, and I have this logo, and I'm done. When in reality, that brand is not created just because you have a logo. A logo is not a brand.
0: I'm so glad you said that because we're talking about brands, and we just go straight to the logo, like everybody. Well, does. it's natural, you know, and that's what most
1: people want to know. And we're talk about cliches. Zenger's original logo was a fantastic cliche. It was three dimensional. Block letters with buildings with smoke coming out of them, like smokestacks in the background. Was, oh, was, right. That was black, right? No, that was no, that actually was, both of them because yeah, it was they, like oh, because really? that was a, that was a cliche in the industrial supply industry is that you know it was like basically your letters with factory buildings in the background with smoke coming out of them, polluting the air. Oh, <laughs> see, when
3: we revisited your logo and we revised it a little bit, I this loved be, seeing this is yeah, before
1: that. Yeah, yeah,
3: I loved seeing that old logo version that you provided us with because I thought it was so fun to sort of see this like metamorphosis morphosis of the zangers logo and the brand itself as well you know because it sort of lended itself to that in the the general nature of the way you discuss zangers yeah. and it's, it's the exact way that your logo and have you
0: really like fully unveiled no or... i'm going to
1: introduce it this week actually okay, so good. yeah i already talked. i just talked to my team about it and everything so Very so cool. you know when you redo a logo and and i think every manufacturer should examine whether they should do that what should be part of your brand standards jess
3: Well, your brand standards are this really vague term that sort of umbrella blankets everything. Think of it in three different pieces. You want your brand book, which is your brand standards... You want your style guide, which is how you should use your brand and the elements that go with it. And then you should have something called a media kit. And that instructs other people on how you want them to use your brand. So your brand standard should encompass your brand book, style guide, as well as that media kit.
0: Oh, okay. All right. See, I thought all of those things were contained in a brand book and I've just been educated by our director here.
3: Yeah well they can be for sure I mean your brand book can be this vast thing and it should be your largest document because this is who introduces you and it should be not only an internal document but an external document. It's something that your team can view. It should be your onboarding materials when you want to explain your brand bring it out when you're hiring. It'll let people get a better idea of who you are but as well as your clients. It should be something that's forward facing and ready to show other people whereas your style guide might be used more internally because that's how you can use your logo, your colors, your typography, and then your media kit is in general how other brands are supposed to relate to your brand.
2: Yeah, let's break that down a little bit. Let's go with the three verticals and give some examples Absolutely. of what what tools are in the brand book. And, and, I, and I know it's your episode, Nick, but no, correct me if I, you know, if I'm, I'm taking control. <laughs> but this has always been very interesting to me. Because I've heard all of these different terminologies before and I never really understood. I mean, I get it, but I, I didn't realize it was it was that siloed into three different things. So what type of things would be in a in a major brand's brand book? Like let's take a big one like American Airlines,
1: McDonald's, Nordstrom.
2: It, so people out there can understand those types of things.
1: Yeah. So like as an example, just going on what, what Jim said, I remember I was looking through different like branding books years ago. And I remember I came across the brand standards book or brand book or whatever it was for I think it was I Love New York or New York City or something like that. And it had like their core values in there. Is that is that supposed to be a part of
3: absolutely. So oh, one of my okay. favorite, yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite brand books to And I recommend everybody do it, is Mozilla Firefox. You might not think that you want to go to Firefox because most of us are Chrome users, guilty. But Firefox does a great job at explaining their core values, their brand, and allowing other people to get it through their brand book. Your brand book should contain a few different things. Some of my favorite things to include in there are the founder's vision. Which is in general why it became why your business mm-hmm. became the way it was, like you the know? origin story. Yeah, it's your origin story. You sure. know, it, it's what made you. Can, it's it's the spider that bit Peter Parker. So That's for what manufacturers, you talk about. it's
0: like, well, you know, I started in my garage. I got one machine. I got one job. It turned into two jobs. Turned into three jobs. I had to expand. I mean, ha- everyone has an origin. story. Everyone's right got an origin story. What, what
1: if what if your origin story is a little like you don't like it? You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to think. Back. Well, you don't I have if, to use every element. Okay, that she's going to define. I mean, like my dad got his finger cut off and, with an end mill. Well, no, 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 that's and not. That you probably it. quit your machine well, shop. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> that's not an origin story. I'm thinking like, you know, there's a lot of manufacturers that started out during like one of the world wars making military parts. And, sure, you know, sure. I mean, a couple of our biggest clients are in that industry now, but like a lot of people just, you know, they're like, eh, I don't want to talk about that.
3: Sure, and I understand where that's coming from. I do see at all value in the past. You you know, you're bound yeah. to repeat it if you don't pay attention to it. It's one of those things for me. One of the things to look for are the feelings that came out of it and why you changed that in the first place because maybe you revisited your brand and decided that we're founding something different at a certain point because you mm-hmm. obviously did. And so, talk a little bit more on that and it can still be your vision. You know, it could still be your family's vision. And I think that those are the things that you want to talk about in that vision that you're creating because it should should. Should be the why behind what you do.
2: Is a brand book actually like... A paper book that we're opening up to see our core values, our founder's vision, maybe a picture of the founder with the with this in quotations.
3: Absolutely. Okay, but good. it can also a be a PDF. Yeah. Okay, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, but, the digital space uh, will we'll probably you, forward it yeah. around. And sometimes yeah. it's yeah. just
1: like a really well done web page. Do you know what a PDF yes. is, Jim? I do. What <laughs> does it stand for? I have no idea. Well, that's what I'm at. I meant. But I don't know Portable data file? I think you're right.
3: <laughs> but yeah, those are all things that you want to touch base on. So once you move on from the founder's vision, you you're going to want to talk about your mission statement because these are obviously very different things. What you came around doing and why you came to be who you are is different than what your mission is now, and it should be. Your mission statement is the why behind what you do. It's not the why you came to be. It's who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Yeah, it's like why you're sp- currently
1: trying to do. It's account. what you yes. strap your boots on every day to go yeah. do on a,
3: exactly. a day basis. Almost like equipping and inspiring manufacturers. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. So you've got some more like identify brand identifier characteristics Absolutely. A, a lot of it's about you. I've seen some where it talks a little bit about who the brand is for.
3: Yes, and you should. You want to talk about your target demographic and who your audience is. And so I generally wrap this into a personality assessment of the brand. I like to do it in a personality ex- assessment because it's who we're talking to but also how we talk to them. And so I sort of measure by characteristics of how I want our brand voice to sound and the content that we're producing to be. So for instance- Like are we
1: serious or funny or yes, sarcastic serious, or- Yes,
3: funny, are you tenured, are you young? Mm-hmm. And I think it was really fun, especially when creating the ma- the making chips one and it's something you need to look at yourself is sometimes you're in the middle for a lot of these things and that's okay.
0: Do you um, mean like you think you're funny, but you're not?
3: <laughs> I'm more mean- <laughs> That your audience is, is as diverse as your brand personality sure, is. Sure. You know, I'm obviously uh, not as tenured as you guys, though I do have my own coming from Rockford secret background of manufacturing history through my family. But that's the fun thing is that we're like when it comes to tenured versus like fresh off the boat, we tend to fall a little bit more towards tenured because we have you guys on the team. But we've also got younger, newer people that listen to our podcast that are looking to adventure into becoming a manufacturer. manufacturing yeah, like leader. The
0: Emerging manufacturing. Exactly. Right. Sure. Sure and am. so
3: those touching base on those things are really important because it also allows potential customers to know if they're the right fit for you. Is tenured
1: another term for gray hair?
3: Absolutely not. To be fair, I was going to say giants, and that just sounded weird. So yeah. I'm sticking with tenured.
0: Sure. <laughs> okay, so you've identified yourself. You've identified who your brand is for. And then one of the other things that you talked about is Okay, so like this media kit, you give this to somebody if they're going to be speaking on behalf of your brand. Touch on that a little
3: bit. So your media kit should be a compiled version of assets. So this compilation of assets is going to include your logos. This is going to include your typography. It's going to include how you want other people to refer to you as. It's going to talk about what kind of voice you want them to use when speaking about your brand. And also if there's any absolute no-goes, you know, like if there's certain ways that they cannot use your logo within their materials, you know, Mm -hmm. if there's certain things. Like
1: background colors or something? Yes,
3: background colors, absolutely, which we'll touch base on a little bit more in style guides. But it's definitely more in the realm of like, say, your sponsor's can use your logo on their website page. However, someone that you're partnered with doesn't have permission to do so. And those are things that you want to include in your media kit. Your media kit should also include any sort of assets that you want to provide people to promote your brand. So these are free assets, things like brochures, print materials, graphics. Like
2: PR, if there was an article in in a paper, you put that in there.
3: Yes, so like for our clients, we actually compile these and send them out with our press releases. And so with your press release, you get a media kit for one of our clients, and then they can know know how to use our logo. If they want to refer to us, what Twenty Voice, they also know some of the contacts if they want to talk about certain things. And it's just sort of this all in one of how other brands can work with you when in regards to your brand.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to ask Jason about this. So we all have our own brands, of course. Jason, I, I keep teasing, has, has many brands. But as an industrial distributor, you have many brands that you're representing. We represent them, And yeah. you're, you're cooperatively marketing for them. So right. wh- why is it so important for you to understand these standards? Well, we
1: work in partnership with, you know, these other companies and they expect us to abide by their brand standards and use their, their logos the way that they're supposed to be used. So like, for example, when we create some kind of marketing materials, it needs to be done in a way that displays their logo, how it should be displayed, yeah, following the their standards. Standard, follows their standards. So yes. like,
0: you know, you've sold some Amrock tombstones before. If all of a sudden we have a red Amrock logo. On one of the Zangers materials, right. I can come to you and be like, dude, I sent you the yeah. media kit. I want you to follow these standards. We're not a red logo. Right. So,
1: like a little bit more applicable would be Zenger's colors are black and blue. Sure. And and black's colors are black and yellow. I mean, they're they're shades of those colors. They're not like those exact colors. But if we all of a sudden made one of our partners' logos to match our logo colors, they'd be like, no.
3: Right. Right. There's
1: usually a standard for black and white, and then there's a standard for color. And you got to abide by both of those typically.
3: Another more like unexpected sort of version of a media kit purpose that you might not think about is also tone of voice as well. So for instance, with a higher edge brand, you don't want to promote discount promotions on their products. It's going to completely negate the presence. Yeah. It's going to completely negate the presence that they've already set up for themselves, even if it may match your branding. So it's just little things like that and the nuances behind how to use someone's brand properly. It just allows people to know how they should use your brand so that across all platforms, you're represented properly. Hmm.
2: So the media kit is what you give to your subcontractors or people that are going to be representing you. Yes. And you're giving them written instructions on how to present the brand, use the brand, And be the voice of the brand.
3: Yes. Okay. And all assets they could need to do so. And of course, whenever you're working with someone, let's touch base on that third pillar, which is the style guide. Right. Which is super important because you should send this over regardless. In our brand book, we wrap all three of these things in together. I just find it to be more effective. I also don't think at any point that there's anything in there that a client wouldn't want to see. You know, It just tells them how thoughtful we are about our brand. Sure. That we sort of mapped all these things out. Even our color combinations that we map out actually have purpose and reasoning behind the colors and how we want to be presented. Or the font type. Exactly. I, I
2: had that written down. Yeah, font, yes. color, what else?
3: Yeah, so everything in your style guide, you're going to want to touch based on the logos and usage. So that includes your standard logo what sizes it can be used at at any point if you have a small logo it also talks about scaling it proportionally the colors that you can use it on if there's a reversed version of your logo yep. which is a white version yep. or a plain one color version all of the things what's a regarding-
0: favicon tell everybody what a favicon <laughs> is, is I, I do thing. not know what
2: a favicon
1: is oh really no, I no. You know I'll, I'll tell i'll explain to jim no, it's so like if you're on your web browser and you have the url that you're looking at you know what a url is
2: Oh, you're talking about the little thing up in the left-hand corner. It's the little graphic that's there. How do you spell favicon? Is it Yeah.
1: And it has very specific specifications. Wait, I shouldn't say specific specifications. The graphics have to be very specified.
3: Yes. Right, right. So it has a, it has proportions and width and height set up that Jessica. you want to set for that. But yeah, so also within your style guide, once you get your logo done, make sure you do your brand mark as well because you should always have a condensed version. That's where we touch base on favicon. That's essentially where that would be used. So somebody that might not have, let's talk about car. Car's a great example of this. So car has the full logo version, but that obviously can't be his favicon. So No way. Yes. So traditionally, he's going to use an Iconography, some sort of iconography that represents his brand. In this case, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that it's probably your little arrow that appears yes, within your yeah, logo. Yes, yeah, you're
2: absolutely right. <laughs> probably, I don't even know <laughs> yes. if I have a fabric Well, my I mean, site. I could
1: tell, I could tell you for sure. So, with our new logo, so basically, it's a. We made a Z out of like a greater than and less than symbol, and so that would be part of our favicon, would just be that Z.
0: And then like there's so much meaning behind the symbolism, because you're you're trying to lower costs and increase productivity. Thank It makes Zangers. I had a lot of fun working on that.
3: I know. That was good. It was very fun. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you know what I'm thinking right now? There's a lot of manufacturers that are listening to the show right now, and they're probably saying... Why the heck do I need all yeah, this? Yeah, that's for the big guys. Why, Why but, do I need to do that? Yeah, I'm a small shop. I got like you know, ten yeah. guys. I don't oh, need a twenty-page so brand I, book. I've got to do the payroll on four Fridays, and I've got to got to call the accountant on Monday, and I've got to clean the coolant tank on Saturday afternoon. Why do I need all this stuff for my company? Why is it important? What does it do? How does it how does it set up? The experience of doing business with me to have all these different
0: I, I can, types of things. I can take a shot. At Go that. ahead. So, if you don't want to grow and you don't want to be one of the big guys eventually, then just you know have your lame logo and your little one one room shop with two machines in it, and just do what you're doing and think about li- little company things. And not not everyone is on no a not everybody growth trajectory, but for me, like a first impression. You shake somebody's hand and they have a fish grip or something like that and you're just like, come on, you know? So there's a lot of brands that want to be partners with us. And I go, I check out their site, I see their logo, like everything's broken on their site, I I can't read right. it, it doesn't work on my phone. I'm just thinking, okay, if that, that immediately like, if turns if you three off. three people who work at that company who yep. don't know how to use their computer very well, how are they going to represent my brand? Why would I want to partner with them? Why would I want to hire them to do something? So, it's not for everybody, but I think if you're trying to grow and if you want to be, if you want to make that good impression, then you're gonna want to improve your brand. and In order to do that, you're probably gonna have to define it. Okay. And to be
3: clear, even if you don't want to be one of the big guys, this is super important for you to do for so many other reasons. Please
0: elaborate on that. Yeah, let's
3: hear it. So, this is the most introspective process you can have as a company because it's making you forcing you to look at these things and making you realize that you have to do everything with a reason and design is one of those things. Mm. Why are you using the typography you're using? Why are you using the fonts you are using? Do they actually represent you? Do your colors truly represent you? What do those colors mean and why do you care? Mm-hmm. That mission statement. Do you even have one? Have you elaborated on your core values lately? Do they still represent mm. who you are? And so, I think even if you don't immediately see that knee jerk reaction of, well, I'm not working with a lot of companies, and I do all of my proposals in Excel, and like I don't have a lot going on, this is one of the most introspective things you can do as a business to evaluate why you're making the choices that you are, and it, it is your brand at the end of the day. Yeah. It's your face, and so. The same way as you, you know, you'd want to put some lotion on if your skin's getting ashy. There's no reason sure. that you wouldn't want to do this. I'm so glad
0: you brought up the internal reasons for doing that because I've seen so many cases where a brand has gone through like a, a brand identity refresh. We've helped them through it together, or a brand new brand is created and then that like unveiling for their own staff and then you, actually using the brand materials in their shop. It totally changes the culture. It's like when you wake up, you don't take a shower, and you go to work, and you're just like, oh, I don't feel yeah. good. That. No, like it's like you wake up, you're wearing your best stuff, you walk into work, you're like, I'm glad I work here, my employees are excited, we're on a mission. So that yeah, was really I, mean, I, I soft
1: launched our, our new logo with my team, and everybody loved it, and they were really excited, and they're like, like, when can we get new clothes? You know, <laughs> yeah. like they're like ready like to yeah. so we we gotta get all that going and stuff like that. So it it sounds like this whole brand book is gonna be overwhelming. Is it like thirty pages long? I mean like how how big is something like
3: I don't think like it best? has to
2: be that big, does it? Oh, it, like, what it do you definitely
3: think? doesn't. No. So the Making Chips brand book, which includes our style guide and our media kit, just as reference, we're at a whole total of twenty two pages. So that is three different documents on twenty two pages. Right. But what if
1: what if a small shop is like, you know, I get it that I need these things, but I don't I don't think I need all these things and I've got my logo and the, the the micrometer's a P and I know I need to change it or maybe it just hasn't been updated in 30 years and it doesn't have a micrometer in it. But what if they're like, I just want a simple document. Is there a way to kind of shorten this up? Can they do something? Yeah, There's that's not a like one smaller? universal
0: standard for right, what a brand right. book is. Absolutely
3: yeah. not. Honestly so if yeah, you wanted absolutely to do, not.
0: you can shorten it up. You or can shorten you can, okay, you
3: can. sorry I didn't mean to be confused. Absolutely no,
0: there's right? not there's not a universal standard.
3: There's not yeah, there's not a universal standard. Honestly, if you're that small of a shop, you can try this yourself in Excel and start there because it'll make you ask the questions and <laughs> And then What you do they need on. to do,
2: Jess? Can, let's break that down a little bit.
3: Sure.
1: Yeah. Can we give somebody like a series of questions to ask themselves? Is that something that you could provide for them?
3: Yeah. So at the end of this episode, I'm actually going to release it with a blog that'll be a step by step questions of what you need to ask yourself to create your brand book. And I'm also going to throw in, if you email me at Jessica at Making Chips, you can receive a free PDF document that'll allow you to swap out your own colors, typography, and logo, so that it can make it super easy for you, so that you you can work off this template and you don't have to reach out to another graphic designer.
1: It's like right. a little,
0: little jump start for them. Yeah. Perfect.
1: And how much does it cost to like put together a new logo and a brand book and, and stuff like that? Like just a range. I know it's, it's usually customized, but...
3: It is so vast to say because it completely depends on the designers that you're working for. Is it
1: $100,000? <laughs>
3: Absolutely not. <laughs> is it, um, is it $50? Traditionally, if you're working with an established agency who's going to walk you through the full brand book process and everything like that. Oh, this you're is looking, to put a
2: full brand book this together. This is the full brand book oh, okay. and the logo
3: typography. There's, that's you're gonna, a lot
2: there, Jason. Yes. Oh, I know. Yeah, You're going to
3: look closer to the $2,000 to $3,000 range. Honestly, if you just need an updated logo, I mean, there's always things like the Etsy route where you can work with low profile and Fiverr designers and things like that. Yeah, that so are Etsy, sort of,
0: Fiverr 99 designs, like yeah. those exactly. are kind of cornier, more generic. They probably like plug your stuff into a template and make like the 50th version of what they've made for other companies. Yeah, so that's only- why it,
3: it varies so vastly is because you do have these sort of one-off and templated versions versus a full custom solution that covers everything in your it's brand. It's kind of like, what would
0: it cost to get a tattoo?
3: Yes, that's you know, the like, best. Well, who
0: do you want to give you a that
3: tattoo? That is the what best
1: comparison. Be? Or what does
0: that heart surgery cost? Yeah.
3: You can see thing, the bill at the end of the day. <laughs> right.
1: And, and the nice thing about making chips is that like we know manufacturing. And so we can make a design that is very manufacturing-centric. And like even Jessica obviously understands manufacturing too, but she's got the three of us to kind of bat ideas back and forth with in order to have that really compelling manufacturing story told through their design.
3: And it's super fun because I just actually just celebrated my first full year here which I'm very excited about. Oh, congratulations. About. Yes. It's a lot of time we have you on the show. I know. But it's the most interesting dynamic because I've never worked at an agency where our clientele was so closely knit into who we are as people. Yeah. And so manufacturing is such a part of who we are as a company and as an agency. It's not these one-off projects or people who are pretending that we know what we're talking about or trying to grasp it during the day. We actually know manufacturing through we do the leaders that we have, and sure. it's it's just this whole different dynamic that I've never encountered before, which is part of what just makes it enjoyable to work for a brand like making chips. And
0: I'm awesome. not trying to sign you up for a hundred different content projects, but I do think it would be really cool to show like kind of the p- before and after stories of some of these brand refreshes, and then the like origin stories of these new brands that we've created. Yeah, it's like why did we need it? What was the? We can include that in the it?
3: brand style guide too. Cool. The, that, that That'd be cool. Yeah, that whole article. But
0: even stuff we've done for our clients and stuff. That'd be awesome to show because it's yes. it's really fun to do. And then it's like, wow, I, I think people can understand at the end of the day, like this will actually affect your bottom line. Like this will change things that matter in your business. It's yes. not just fun, smoke and mirrors crap.
1: So so Jessica, what what would you leave the Metalworking Nation with as as they're ending this episode and they're thinking about their brand standards or logo? They probably don't say- even have a brand book. Like, What do you want them to, to ask themselves after they're done listening here?
3: Are you designing everything you design with a reason? And I think that's what the brand book can answer for you. What is the reason behind every decision you make? And branding has to be one of those. If you can feasibly explain why you made the choices you made with any of the brand decisions you've made, you're on the right track.
0: And and another thing to add to that is what do you need your audience to believe about you? And your brand has a lot to do with that.
2: I totally get it. I, I totally get it. I didn't get this ten or fifteen years ago, but I get it now. It's very powerful. It's a very powerful and your thing.
0: brand book is in development, right?
2: It is in development. I'm looking forward to getting one. So <laughs> thank you for quoting that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what it was gonna cost. <laughs> we, we sharpen
0: our pencil for the partners.
2: <laughs> but no, I think it's it's very important and I think now it is a right is a good time for a car machine to to rebrand because there's a lot of change going on new right
0: building there. new expansion yeah, all that. yeah new
2: new generation new now is a time to hit the refresh button on car so
0: awesome well guys so if you don't have a brand and you don't set high standards then you're not making chips and if you're not making chips you're not, you're not making,
1: making
0: money, money. Bam. Bam.
1: as always thank you for listening to the making chips podcast you need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll
3: see you next time.
1: And before you answer that question, Jess, I have a question for Jim. Yeah, Did go you ahead. Press the record button.
2: Yeah, we're we're oh,
1: yeah. Just want to make sure. Yeah, twenty <laughs> minutes in already. To that would be yeah. the third time that where we talk.
0: <laughs>